Hey, 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 everybody. Today for you, podcast number 39. Today's podcast is titled Mr. and Mrs. Fix It. Hey, 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 everybody. Welcome to this week's edition of your weekly Limitless Life Network podcast. I'm Dr. Pete Lombardi, and sitting next to me is my beautiful wife, Sandy. And this is the weekly Limitless Life Network podcast, where we are dedicated to helping you flesh out the limitations that are preventing you from reaching your goals and living the life that you deserve. And before we get started talking about what we're going to talk about today, I want to take a moment to thank you all for listening each and every week. Uh, really appreciate our listeners. And uh, I've been uh, super loving the feedback and the the comments that I get when I see you out and about, as well as uh, people that chime in uh, online. So thank you so much. And don't forget to hit the subscribe, subscribe button. And if you're a new listener, thank you for tuning in. Uh, that way you can catch up on any of the other podcasts as well. Um, so let's get started on with the show. Today, I've invited um, my, my wife, Sandy Lombardi, to join us on the podcast. And I really wanted to interview my own wife. Um, behind every great man is an even greater woman. And here she is, brought to you live, <laughs> my wife, Sandra. And, um, and we've been married 27 years, and uh, it's going pretty good. And <laughs> at least we're still married, and we're sitting next to each other on a podcast. So uh, this is totally off the cuff today. We, My wife does, uh, does not always like to do things this spontaneous. So she does have a few notes, but for the most part, um, she's a great champ and a great sport for, for being involved in the podcast today. So I want to thank her for joining us. So thank you, Sandra. Thanks for having me. Yeah, no problem. See, she has a nice, nice <laughs> voice. A, a good, you have a good radio voice. Nice. Um, so one of the first things that I wanted to talk about, I've already kind of briefly mentioned, and that is marriage. And we, uh, I don't know if the backstory on us is that we dated for a really long time before we got married. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, um, yeah, we dated, I think it was your freshman year of college, my sophomore year of undergraduate college. We met each other. Where did we meet? Do you remember? I remember. <laughs> we were at Oswego State and met in art class, actually, because we were both um, taking art class as a requirement. Met a cute person in the class, and then we both minored in art. Yeah. So how about that? So mm-hmm. I was a biology major. She was a business major. Mm-hmm. And, you know, on the campus, we would have never crossed paths, probably, uh, if we didn't have to take a humanities credit. Um, and we both took an introduction to drawing class. And since we, never would have had classes together. We decided to just keep adding a, an elective every semester. And then lo and behold, we both ended up with art minors, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is kind of funny. Anyway, um, but yeah, we dated all the way through uh, graduation and even into chiropractic college. And I proposed to my to my now wife at the end of chiropractic college, and uh, so yeah, long dating period. We dated seven years before we actually got married. So 
Uh, I've been with this woman for a long time. Yeah, she, longer than we've been apart. Yeah, That's so she's point. been stuck with me for a while. So <laughs> you got to think of the the ability of this woman to tolerate me for that long. <laughs> Just absolute saint status. So um, if you remember, before we got married, we had to speak with the pastor a couple of times. We had to meet with the pastor who, did you know the guy? Because it was your family church. Yeah, but no, the pastor that I grew up with had moved or retired. So this was a pastor we didn't know. Okay. And so before we got married, we had to have meetings with this this pastor, and he was basically going over what marriage really was all about. Mm-hmm. And uh, do you remember what stuck out to you the most uh, in that, I guess, those two meetings that we had? I do, because we just spoke about this with our son and his now wife. Um the thing that stuck out to both of us the most was he said you had to put God first in the marriage, and it was like a triangle. So God's at the top, and he always has to come first. And then it was the two of us next to below God. And the that's very challenging in of itself. Um, and then what he said um, once we had kids really hit home was, and your kids always have to come below you and your husband's relationship and we struggled with that for a bit um, when we had the th- three boys young and just, you know, it requires so much time and focus. And I poured myself into raising the kids and you were pouring yourself into practice. And um, before you know it, you're like passing <laughs> in the, you know, here and there. And uh, we had to dig deep and get really intentional about remembering that. And um, and I'm glad we went through that stretch. But um it brought made us realize that we had to work at it, and uh, and we've been doing that ever since. Yeah, for sure. I mean, that was definitely a challenging time um, because three young kids mm-hmm. <laughs> with lots of energy, you know, they draw your attention so quick because they're so needy, right? And uh, and you know, my tendency was, well, I'm going to contribute to the family by by focusing on work. And and then you have to right you have mm-hmm. to do that and your focus was hey I'm gonna I've got to raise these boys and I've got to I've got to make sure everybody's fed and clothed and mm-hmm. just getting through a day was oftentimes difficult and then bedtime and yeah it's exhausting being a parent yeah you know well, and a huge a transition I think we're watching our son and and his new wife trying to figure out what that's going to look like and um you know I had been working and was still trying to do remote consulting for um a firm I was working for and being a new mom and um it just changes dynamics so um I think super important point for every couple to take away is uh it takes work and focus on the two of you and that was really good advice that because if the two of us aren't good then our family's not good right yeah I think that's that's um that was solid advice, um, and I think there was something else that we wanted to talk about too. I, I know we didn't really talk about in the preamble, um, but it was about winning. Mm, Do you yeah. remember that? Yeah, I listened to a marriage um, podcast recently, and I was sharing this with our son, and it talked about often we hear like, "Well, you have to compromise when you're in marriage," and the speaker said that's not good advice. That when you get married, you're both on the same team and either the whole team wins or the whole team loses. And I had to think about that a bit, but it's so true. Like if your husband's going to lose, then you're losing because you're on the same team. So you have to really strive to figure things out that will make you both win. 
Um, so it's not compromise. It's figuring out a strategy that you're both winning. Yeah. And, and I love that. It, it's definitely not the easy route, right? Like it's, it's a lot easier to probably to pick the, you know, one way where one person wins, but then if the other person loses, then you really both lose. Mm-hmm. And, and that was kind of a, a revelation for myself because oftentimes couples will do that in arguing, you know, they'll get into arguments and somebody wants to win the argument. And so then the winner of the argument is now married to the loser of the argument. Yeah. A good know? friend of ours, Mike, shared that at, yeah. at Kelly's memorial service that he realized that one day that if he won, that meant his wife was losing. And yeah. it was really good wisdom he shared. Yeah, for sure. So um, we all come into relationships with different tendencies, mm-hmm. don't we? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so... Um, one of the ten. Actually, you gave me a title. Um, when, That's right. I forgot that. She would. My Sandy would always call on me when something wasn't working correctly, <laughs> and I would love to come in and try to solve like the mechanical problem, whether it was the dishwasher or a sink that was leaking or a toilet that was plugged. And I would come in and I'd figure it out and I'd fix it. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I'd be like, so you know. You're married to Mr. Fix-It here, mm-hmm. right? So I'm like, just call me. I'm Mr. Fix-It. And, and she she kind of liked that. And that's, you used to call me that. Right. So. <laughs> but you have a tendency too, don't you? Yeah, and I didn't realize it till I don't know, maybe three or four years ago. Katrina Potter, who was on this podcast a few weeks back, um, held a retreat that I attended and um, had some breakthroughs on my tendencies and things from my upbringing. And I was the rescuer she talked about and um, carried over as a mom big time, Um, wanted to try to fix everything for my kids or rescue them from the situations that they got themselves into. And um, wisdom comes over the years and doing things uh, one way and realizing that you take away from your child's growth and their resiliency when you do that because the process is where they they learn how to rebound, they learn how to grow through struggles, um, and you can't not allow them to go through it. So uh, still in the process and applying that as we still have Grace home. Um, mm-hmm. She's 11, soon to be 12, but big learning curve for me of letting them feel pain. You know, it hurts to watch your kids fail and go through tough times. And that still really is a struggle for me, but learning that I need to let it happen. Sure. Mm-hmm. I, I think we all kind of have this idea of, of a, a fairy tale ending where, yeah. where all, it always comes out, everything works out and everything's smooth and perfect, you know, like the Hallmark channel or, mm-hmm. or something like that, you know, where everything's, it's always a happy ending and life is not like that. No. Uh, and and when life, you know, has a, a real curveball or a hard moment, um, if you've never experienced those things, it could it could really throw you for a loop. But if you've had disappointment and you've had to fight through it on smaller scales, it's it's a lot easier, I think, to handle the bigger ones when they happen, mm-hmm. because there will be disappointments in life, yeah. without, without a doubt. We've yeah. certainly experienced a few. Um, yeah. So. That's a good one. That's a really good one. So this is a little bit sidebar, but going through those things, like I think so many people might look at your life or my life and think, oh, they've just got it together. But we have a community 
of really inner circle that knows our life and we share life with and they know it's the hard times and they've, you know, they, they celebrate our victories, but they also walk through those valleys with us and they're going to come. So it's so important to have that really close knit group of support, um, who, you know, really knows what's going on because we all have it. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know how people do it isolated. Right. We yeah. aren't meant to, to do life without that support. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, so Mr. and Mrs. Fix-It, here we are. <laughs> so there's another uh, another thing that I think that you've learned, uh, which is kind of point number three, and that's uh, putting others first isn't always the best. Yeah, um, I guess I, I don't know how I developed that, but I always put myself last or below first for sure and had a hard time... Um, not uh, committing to something if I was asked or um, meeting others' needs before my own. And I realized that by doing that, I was putting my husband beyond, behind whoever I was accepting or my kids. So someone had to lose out in that equation. Um, so that's been a learning step for me as well. Um, yeah, how did you how did you come to realize, like, like what was the what do you can you think of any like moment or situation where I don't know where you saw that it was becoming very obvious to you was there any any situation that stands out in your mind or no you thinking of the wedding or I don't know I'm just asking well like I was just saying I we watched uh the video from our son's wedding recently and I was like my parents were in the last row with my brother and I was like <laughs> how did that happen and Normally, I'm all over that, making sure everyone is taken care of and, you know, everyone knows somebody at the party to not feel left out. And I was just fully present at my son's wedding. And I'm glad, you know, I was just focused on on them and uh, sitting up front where I should be. And I didn't realize my parents had let, you know, which is fine, but um, they chose to sit in the last row. But that, I guess, is an example that there are certainly lots of times where you should be just fully present for yourself in a situation yeah. or a setting. And yeah, yeah, I, I wasn't necessarily going for that one, oh. but that <laughs> that works, and I think uh, our listeners can totally relate with that. So that's that's helpful. So and that also kind of brings in point number four, um, and that's the process of learning to say no. Yeah. So what can you what can you share with that like um uh, I think it ties in a lot with what we just spoke of um that I was when I put others first that I was saying yes to everything anything I was asked to do whether it be volunteer work or things at church or sports teams and um just always saying yes what about like opportunities? Like, so for instance, with kids, you know, your kid may be gifted in a sport, right? So maybe they're really good at basketball, but they're also really good at say gymnastics mm-hmm. and the seasons overlap, but they're also good at soccer too. And that they have a, they have a program for that. And you, you know, next thing you know, you've signed your kid up for yeah. three different sports and you have to run them there. And then you have to have, 
and you're and you're juggling all these things to try to what? What are you? What are we really trying to do there? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And we've been super intentional about that, really allowing our our kids to get involved in one main thing, um, because we value uh, freedom of our own time, uh, values of family and um, our faith, and not letting anything um, infringe on that. Like we, you know, we just we protect our Sundays, we, um, you know, want to make sure we have nights home where we have dinner together. Um, so yeah, we've had to say no to different opportunities or programs. And it's kind of like that. Sometimes it's that squirrel. It's like, that wasn't on my radar at all, all but someone's like, yeah, the, your kid's really good at this and they have this, this opportunity, but that's not always great. You know, like we have to really assess and protect the values and our time um, that we aren't just crazy running all over the place. Yeah, for sure. I, I know that I've shared some comments from uh, a, a guy that I've listened to and learned a lot from, Rick Sapio, and he mm-hmm. he always said that. And he had, this is a, a gentleman that interviewed twenty billionaires, and he's and he came up with a bunch of different themes that they all had, and one of them was is that they said no way more than they ever said yes. So it was a lot of no's and an occasional yes. And usually it was a yes because it aligned with their values. Yeah. Um, and, I, and I think that's a, a great uh, filter for all of, all of us to think about with you know, decision-making based on values. Does it align? And it's okay to say no. Mm-hmm. Very good. If it doesn't. Yeah. Um, and our last point today has to do with... Setting limits of protection. What 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 can you share there? Because I think this is really uh, a really cool uh, concept that you kind of worked up. Well, I was thinking back. Um, I read a book when the uh, boys were little about um, setting limits and not putting your child in. But this could apply to us as adults into a situation where they're going to lose. Like if they don't have the experience, they don't have the knowledge yet. Then you don't put them in the situation. And that's been, I think, huge with um, technology and cell phones. We've been really intentional of not allowing our kids to have those things before they are uh, knowledgeable and uh, prepared to have that responsibility. Um, Mm -hmm. Is that kind of what you're Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. Um, And I think about it, too, in terms of like, you know, it's it's basically trying to at what point can you exercise self control, right? You know how how old do you have to be or how mature? I mean, there's there's adults today that are you know fifty sixty years old that that don't have self control, um, but yet and then there's teenagers that have great self control. So mm-hmm. it it depends on the individual for sure, um, but self control is is really a fruit of the spirit, mm-hmm. and so. Now, that's something that we've been trying to, I think, foster in our children to develop that that ability to mm-hmm. tap into the ability to control your urges and desires. We were just talking the other day and we were driving to church, like even as adults, technology, our phones, it's addicting, you know, like our brains almost crave that stimulation. Mm-hmm. And um, I was saying, if we struggle with that as adults, you know, think of it for a 16 year old. Um, so I think you know, even for ourselves, setting limits on our use of our phones and, and again, being present where you are. Like I have to constantly watch myself with that. Like, am I, 
am I actually in the room with my daughter, like when we're doing homeschool, or am I checking my phone and getting distracted? And I have to really catch myself mm-hmm. with those things. So setting limits for ourselves as well as our kids. Yeah, setting setting limits oftentimes allows you the the capacity to live a richer, more full life because you're more connected. And like you said, you're more present. Mm-hmm. Um, that's super, super valuable. Well, I think today you absolutely nailed this, Sandy. And uh, this has been a, a, a fun podcast and it's been an, uh, an absolute joy to have my wife on the <laughs> podcast. I think we maybe we should start a second podcast of just you and I. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, I want to thank everybody, each and every one of you for listening, tuning in each and every week. Uh, it's absolutely an honor to be delivering this content to you. So make sure that you tune in next week to stay connected, be inspired, and keep stripping away the limitations that are preventing you from reaching your goals and living the life that you deserve. So we'll see you next week on the podcast.